Hello and welcome to the Unput Roles monthly review with Jonathan Lowe. Hi Jonathan, how are you? Hi, good evening, yes, all good, thank you. That's yeah, not too bad, is it? We're top of the league since the last time we spoke. We've played five matches and we picked up ten points. Uh, if you go to two points per game, you're going to do pretty well, aren't you, John? Yes, yes. I mean, uh, it couldn't have asked for a much better start, to be perfectly honest. And uh, they're keeping up, keeping it up. Um, obviously, uh, aside from that uh, that blip on Friday night, um, you know the the performance levels are maybe not quite um, you know where they need to be, but uh, you know that they're doing enough to grind out the results to get the points. And like you said. Um, you know, two points a game. What what would uh, would bring you sort of around ninety points at the end of the season, and, and that would you would have thought at least give you a top two place. Um, if it, yeah. is there really would it be a um, playoffs, but uh, I can't see you needing uh, that many points, relatively speaking, to get the top two this season. Yeah, going at this rate, um, it's going to be a kind of classic RFC, managing and promoted back to the Premier League. And nobody in the ground. That would be the ultimate irony, is we finally get back there. I mean, it hasn't been that long, really, if you look at it relative to everything else. But if we look into the detail of the games that we've had, obviously, last time we spoke was just before the Middlesbrough game. There was a draw. We picked up the win again, wins against Wickham, Rotherham, Blackburn. But the most recent game was against Coventry City last Friday night, and that ended up being our first defeat of the season. How do you think we played, Jonathan, in that one? Um, as I say, I think, uh, I mean, as I say, you, you're going to get these blips in the season. So um, to come off the back of that that, uh, that great win at um, Blackburn Rovers, it was always going to be a big ask. And I know Coventry City are down near the bottom of the division. Um, but, you know, like we've seen in the Championship, uh, bottom can beat top, um, you know, pretty much every week. And, and you're always going to have some surprise results. And I think overall, um, you know, uh, to score two goals on the road is no bad thing. And, uh, you know, there were obviously a couple of um, blips defensively. You had that rough Raphael error, certainly for the um, third goal, I think it was. Um, and he's put his hands up for that. Um, you've got injuries to some of the key players as well, so like Yaki Mate and Liam Moore. Um, Ovi Ajaria wasn't involved as well. So, um, you know, they, they weren't at full strength. And, um, yeah, having had that long trip up to Blackburn as well earlier in, in the week, um, they didn't come back back down south. They stayed up there. So you've got to take all that into consideration. And I think overall, um, you know, it wasn't the worst performance in the world. Worst performance in the world. Um, clearly, it would have been nice to kick up the unbeaten run, but uh, it's not to be. And hopefully, they can kick on now and start another um, winning run uh, for as long as possible. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't the perfect performance on last Friday, but it wasn't a terrible one. It wasn't one that you think there's lots, lots of shocking areas there. They're really going to see a terrible run. Defensively, um, a few issues there, but teams are always going to score against us at some point. We were never going to keep up the momentum. And one of the major worries I took out of that game was Liam Moore leaving the pitch not that long after he picked up a knock from a Coventry player. Have you got any updates on uh, Liam Moore's kind of fitness levels at the moment? Uh, not, uh, not really as of yet. Um, I did say I think he posted on Instagram that that he was uh, was in the gym, so I guess that's uh, that's encouraging. Um, hopefully, find out more so either sort of later in the week or around the the um, time of the Preston game. Um, but obviously, you know, he's he would missing him would be a big blow. It's, he's he's been an absolutely um, uh, an absolute rock at the, at the heart of the defence. 
so far this season and um, you know really playing some of his best football that uh, you know we've we've seen of him in, in a Reading shirt. Um, in light of that, though, you've obviously got uh, Tom McIntyre and um, Lewis Gibson, who's still around remarkably, um, despite not having played a single minute so far. Um, so there is cover there. Um, you know, players can play in that position, but uh, there's no doubt sort of you know missing his defensive qualities and his, his leadership qualities as well is going to be a big blow. And, and hopefully, um, he's not going to be out, out for too long. I imagine Michael Morrison will probably step up and, and be the captain um, uh, while Moore is out. Um, and of course, you know you, you've got the uh, the upcoming international break as well. So perhaps um, you know, might might miss it these next two games and. Then he'll have basically another fortnight to recover, um, and uh, you know we really look to come back strongly for the Christmas period. So I think it'll be important to to not rush him back too soon. I think uh, Panovic is is wary of that. He's wary of that for sort of other players as well, because as we all know, it's a demanding schedule that the Championship um, and uh, you know games come thick and fast. So you don't want to risk aggravating further injury. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly it's a big blow for for Reading, and hopefully he can come back sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'm venturing Lewis Gibson. Nobody's seen him play a single second yet. He's been here, and nobody knows if he's any good because everyone assumes that Tom McIntyre will come into the team. That probably will be the case. But why is Lewis Gibson? <laughs> what can he do? We don't know if he's a bad signing, good signing. We've no idea, have we? Yeah, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? I'm. Um... I want to call him a, a, a bad signing or bad bit of business. And, and, you know, to an extent it is because, you know, you've got this young promising talent and, and surely, you, you know, you give him a few minutes, uh, maybe you don't want to start him immediately, but, uh, you know, you want to give him a few minutes to, to get him up to speed and see what he's like. But uh, when you're not giving me anything at all, um, it'd be interesting to you know, see what he says about the situation because he can't be too happy. Um, he will have no doubt come to the club thinking, you know, let's say he's not going to be a regular starter at least initially. Um, but he would have thought uh, he would have got some some minutes under his belt. Um, I'm sure he will in, in time, but whether it be enough remains to be seen. And um, I guess you know, there's, there's an outside chance you might get the Joe Virginia scenario where he just, just goes back in January because he's not getting any games, um, and he'll feel like he has a better chance elsewhere. So. Um, you know, he's a, seen as, a, as a, a talented prospect in England Youth International and, you know, Carly Anchotti rates him, but um, yeah, until we see him in the flesh, it's, uh, it's hard to, to paint a picture of uh, what he's really like. Yeah, I think if he doesn't get much game time between now and January, Everson will not be keen to loan us any players in the future. <laughs> it's a pretty no. bad history there, isn't there? No. Now? It's not a good record, is it? But um, yeah, no. let's over the next month and... Um, you know, with this opportunity now that potentially more being out, uh, he's you know now the first choice replacement centre back, um, and yeah, we'll see if he if he gets uh, any minutes on the pitch. Someone we definitely missed on uh, Friday night was Yaku Mate. Um, Ijari kind of dips in and out the team a little bit. There seems to be something ongoing there, maybe. But Yaku Mate, we could have massively done with his physical presence and his. You know, his eye for goal. He's been picking up goals again this season. Uh, we know any more about the state of his fitness at the moment? Uh, again, no, I haven't, I'm afraid I haven't um, uh, checked up on him. But um, yeah, again, I mean, he's one of these players who, who when he's on form, he's on an absolutely red hot form. And um, 
you know, after that uh, that great overhead kick against Rotherham and the early goal against Blackburn, um, you know, I'm sure he would he would be absolutely buzzing to play, but uh, unfortunately, he says a small injury, so so let's hope it is um, something not not too serious. Um, and um, yeah, obviously, you know, fully fit Mate uh, scoring goals and with his um, athleticism and, and sort of you know raw aggression and enthusiasm and you know, so many things you can say about him. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully he can come back, um, you know, if not for, for Preston, at least for, for Stoke on Saturday. Certainly. Um, someone who's come into the team recently and done relatively well was Mr. Alpha Semedo. He's done all right in the previous games before Friday night, but he dropped off a bit in that game for me. And it kind of shows, and his passing accuracy this season since he's been playing for a 68%, which I think is quite low for a central midfielder. Kind of, what have your thoughts on so far, Jonathan? Um, I've been quite quite impressed with him actually. Um, overall, um, I, I did expect him to be a, a bit more of a, a defensive midfielder, uh, more in in the Pele mould um, from last season, to be honest. Um, but he's played in that, that sort of more more um, uh, attacking midfield position. And um, he, he certainly, you know, he, he puts himself about and, and, and wins his tackles and, um, you know, makes some good runs and kind of just generally helps drive the team forward. Um, I think judging from um, what Nottingham Forest fans were saying from last season, he can be a bit hot, hot and cold, um, which I guess is a bit like Pelé and, and, you know, I guess I like a lot of the, the players in the team, really. Um and you know when he's on his game, he's a very good player and can bring a lot to the side. So um, you know, I think he's probably going forward. It you know, like with the players, like the team, it's all about consistency. And if he can achieve that, uh, then Reading will have a good player on their hands. But I think um, you know he had a couple of good games before Coventry, and um, you know that's probably what you're going to get with with someone like him. You'll get sort of two good games in three. Um, and you, you, you've just got to hope that that one game that he doesn't perform or they don't quite reach their potential and others step up to the plate um, and it's good enough to, you know, get, get the uh, get the points or, or get at least a, a good performance out of them. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think I, I'd say overall I've been, been quite impressed with him. Um, I think, you know, uh, a more I need, need to see you know, maybe sort of 10 games or so to to, to formulate a, a proper opinion um, of him. But um, I think the, the early signs are certainly encouraging. Yeah, totally. Someone else who's come in who I think has looked, well, considering his age, Thomas Esfes at 18 looks like an incredible talent, doesn't he, Jonathan? Yes, he certainly does, yeah. Um, I do feel a bit sorry for Tom Holmes because he didn't do too yeah. much wrong. Um, uh, just saw today he, uh, he was in the Championship Team of the Month for... For, for the season, and you know, at right back, so and that's not bad for a player who's who barely played it uh, any minutes at uh, in English football um, before the start of the season, and and you know, primarily a centre back as well. So um, he certainly did a decent job, but um, yeah, I mean, Estevez has got that quality on, on the ball, and um, I say that sort of sort of boundless energy up and down the up and down the right flank. Um, so he's certainly seems a, a, an excellent signing. He seems to. Have, Slotted into the team very well. Um, you know, it's good defensively as well. I mean, I've seen a few times he's, he's been caught out, but you'd expect that from a, a teenager who's who's new to English football. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, you know, like like the tomato, the 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 signs are very encouraging, and 
um, you know, if he can play to anywhere near his potential and what we've heard of, um, then he's going to be some player for Reading, and that's um, yeah, that's, that's really exciting, exciting times to look forward to. With all these injuries at the moment, though, somebody has come back into the team, Sonny Aluko. Now, he is someone who splits Reading fans completely down the middle. He's replaced Chris Gunter in that position. Uh, Aluko can do one thing and he can be absolutely fantastic. Or anyone will say he could do score five goals. He's still an absolute disaster. There's very strong opinions on him. <sighs> kind of like for me, he looks pretty until the final pass. It's okay until that final bit, bit, Jonathan. What have your thoughts on him so far this season? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that is an, an issue which has blighted him throughout his, his Reading career and, and maybe in the past as well. Um, I think, uh, what was that, that game he had a really good game? I think it was the Watford game yeah. Um, yeah. where he came in and he was absolutely brilliant. And he wasn't absolutely brilliant just because of his sort of attacking play. It was about him tracking back um, it was about him uh, really putting in a shift for the team because there was there's been far too many times when he's just um, you know he's he's lost the ball he's he's missed a tackle or something and he just puts hands on his hip, hands on his hips um, <laughs> dips his head and it's like you know you need to go and win the ball back you know show some desire show some commitment to do that um, and he really did that in the Watford game and he's and he's shown that in, in, in a few other appearances he, he he's he's, he's um, Done this so far this season for Reading, um, and I say, and it's just whether he can keep that up. It's that, it's that, um, it's the other side of his game, I think, which is uh, need to improvement because certainly it seems that he wasn't um, putting in the full effort. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure if you ask him, he'll say he was, and his teammates say he does. Um, but on the face of it, I say when he kind of. You know, just took a huge breath after losing the ball and not looking as though he was interested in winning it back. That was the issue, which I think a lot of fans were rightly annoyed about. Um, and, you know, I get annoyed about it as well because, you know, the minimum you want to see is, is players putting in a shift and, and, and running their socks off. So, um, you know, if you can keep up that, uh, that level of performance like you did against Watford, um, you know, then it'll be a, a real asset for Reading. Um, and say that that final ball, um, you know, he is very clever on the ball, and he's a he has a good footballing intelligence. Um, I like to call it, and um, you know, I think he, you know, he, he does have the awareness to to spot the passes. His execution is not always there, but he does have the the brains to spot the pass. So, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with, with someone sort of misplacing a pass, but um, you know, at least they're trying those things and being forward uh, in their thinking. So. Um, I think, you know, the jury's still out on him, isn't it? He's, he's going to continue to defy uh, supporters. Um, I can't see him getting a new contract next season. So it'll be the last few months with Sean Luco and, and let's hope we'll, we, you know, everyone will hope we see the best of him because when he's on song, he, he's an absolutely fantastic player. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, totally. And with all the games we've got coming up, we're going to need a really tight squad to get us through this because the games are coming so fast now until the end of the season. I know we've got an international break coming up, but it's even quicker than a normal season with the lack of time, isn't it? So if you look back at that last month, who would be your player of the month? I mean, it's not probably going to be a complete surprise who you're going to say here, Jonathan, but who would it be? Well, I mean, what I would say this, I think it's, it's extremely difficult to pick... Mm. Player out. Um, I mean, I could make a case for 
for all of them. We really could. Um, Michael Morrison, I mean, he doesn't get talked about a lot, but he's he's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, Omar Richards, what a revelation he's been. Um, you know, we've talked about Estevez and, and Semedo. Um, you know, Luco's had his moments. Ijaro's had his moments. Um, Mate's had quite a few moments. Uh, Rafael's had quite a few good moments as well. So, um, you know, it, it's very difficult to pick someone out, but um, I think I'll go with Lucas Shaw. Um, I assume he's the guy that you were expecting me to Yes, say. definitely was the one, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I totally agree with what you were just saying there, though. It's not kind of Lucas Jow, there's a massive gap. There's lots mm. of proper contenders there, isn't there? Yeah, and it's not be, me being Falco Panarich and saying, you know, it's a collective effort, we, we win together, we lose together, and, you know, I don't like to pick out single players, but, you know, genuinely, um, you know, they, they, they're all worthy of of being talked about. Um, but just with Lucas Hau, you know, just with, with his finishing, um, you know, his clinical finishing as well, because it's, it's not too many, he hasn't had too many chances, but the chances he's had he's taken, apart from obviously the one against Coventry when he was three one-on-one, which is, we'll, we'll just gloss over, because um, you're always going to get, you know, he's, he's going to miss, miss a few. Um, but, you know, his goal scoring um, threat, um, and his, I mean, his all-round player as well has been very good. Um, you know, he's a great character to have around. He's really bubbly, um, you know, and I think that that kind of helps all in the team spirit, uh, you know, on the off-field off um, side of things as well. Um, and, you know, we're, we're seeing the, the benefits of a fully fit Lucas Zhao, which we only saw in bits last season. But even in the bits last season, we saw, you know, how good he was, how good he can be, uh, his goals. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's it's nice well, frightening to think, really, you know, what he can do this season if he stays fully fit throughout the campaign. I'm sure he will have a few dips, but there's no reason why he can't score, you know, 15 to 20 goals. If he um, gets injured, it still concerns me, though. That is definitely my concern about where we go from there. But we don't need to worry about that at the moment because he is fit. Next month, we've got, I'd say, a slight increase of level of opponent. We've got Preston, we've got Stoke. Bournemouth, Millwall and Bristol City. So that's another five matches coming up in quick fire time. Say, if we managed to pick up another 10 points from those five games, that would be an astonishing return, wouldn't it, Jonathan? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think that that's probably the what should be the target. Um, I'm sure they won't reveal it uh, in public, but uh, I think that's probably a realistic tar- target. Uh, given what's happened so far and, and given the games ahead, they've obviously got that two-week international break in between. Um, I think uh, certainly on paper, the, the games seem to get harder as the, as the month goes on. Um, yeah, home games against Preston and Stoke, um, I think you know, you, you've got to be looking at sort of four points out of a possible six there, uh, in all honesty. And then, um, and then you've got the, the Bournemouth game. Um, I was just speaking to a Bournemouth reporter today, actually, um, and he was saying that um, yeah, they haven't been that good so far, but you know, they're the only unbeaten side, I think, in the whole country, I think it is. So they must be doing something right. Um, yeah, they've obviously got that. that they've still got quite a few of their players in the Premier League days, so um, they're not, uh, they're not, they're going to be far from pushovers. And also got a certain Rodrigo Rukawe, who will no doubt score against Reading. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, uh, then it's Brist- is it Bristol City, isn't it, at the, at the end of the month? And yeah, yeah. So, um, Thankfully, there's no going to be no fans at Millwall because I think that certainly makes a difference. And, and Millwall haven't been the side that they have been um, uh, this season so far. 
and then Bristol City obviously they've had a good start as well they've, they've slightly tailed off but uh, there'll be a, a challenge as well so um, yeah I think kind of 10 to 12 points is, is the target overall and if they can come through the, that block of games with, with a decent points tally and hopefully um, not too many players out injured um, then that kind of sets them into a, in, in a good position going into the going into the festive um, period yeah, I mean, if we do manage to do that we'd have 32 points after 14 games I mean <laughs> you would take that right now that would be an astonishing I think we this year I, don't think <laughs> yeah, I think we'll be okay I think we're going to be okay yeah oh talking about Bristol City definitely if Naki Wells have had that penalty against Reading that's going in isn't it Jonathan we all know that yeah there's always those few players in there but hopefully he'll be injured that day <laughs> yeah hopefully so thanks a lot for uh, joining us and uh, you'll be back next month hopefully so cheers Right then, time for something different on the podcast, a feature I've been wanting to do for quite a while, and it's now been joined by Matt Lawrence of Market Insight, who is also a Reading fan as well. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. Thanks very much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, I think now this is time for some stats, because if we look at our stats for the season, it's been, it's been crazy, hasn't it, Matt? Just <laughs> nothing else. It's been an absolutely brilliant start so far, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, top of the league absolutely flying two points dropped so far which is yeah you can't really ask for much better can you it's oh, really amazing so one of the topics uh, we've been having hearing a lot in the last few weeks is from uh, second tier podcast who i do like i don't have any problem with them at all so i'm not sure <laughs> it's uh, xg now we're going to look at xg in a slightly different way here with matt because well, let Matt explain. He knows far more about it than me. Yes, obviously the XG is the is the hot topic at the moment. I mean, you can't log on to Twitter at the moment and see anything on the Reading timeline without XG cropping up, can you? So, yeah, I think I, I hopefully just want to be able to give some sort of like perspective on sort of where we rank in terms of previous championship performance because obviously eight games is such a it's a small sample size really at the end of the day, and like you're going to see variance within that, but Coming into it, I think there are areas where Reading are doing really well within the XG. So looking at it so far, we've been incredibly solid defensively. And if we're looking at our expected goals against um, this season, we're sort of running it around the expected level for the last five seasons of teams in the championship to get automatic promotion. Now, a lot of the criticism of Reading in terms of XG hasn't come on the side of it defensively it's been more on the overperformance offensively so if those numbers sort of continue to to run as they are i think that's a really sort of brilliant foundation for the team to build off as well and i think having come in or panovic having come in so close to the start of the season deserves a lot of credit as well for setting up a system which has given him a solid base to build off of um, as well and then, obviously, the the massive talking point is the is the overperformance of of XG in terms of we are kind of yeah we broke XG in the sixteen seventeen Yap Stam season. It might just be a Reading thing where we we're, <laughs> we're going to do it all over again, Paul. Where yeah, I mean, at the moment, a big I mean, a big indicator or red flag to a certain extent is our shot creation. We're only taking around six shots per game. And looking at sort of playoff 
teams in the past over the last five years, ideally you want to be at almost double that rate at sort of 11.5 is sort of around the level you want to kind of aspire to, to be in around that top six um, teams there. But um, at the moment, yeah, that overperformance is it's not something to be, to be scoffed at as well. I think the fact that we've got Lucas Zhao playing, firing at the moment, his conversion rate is running um, absolutely ridiculously, around 45% at the moment. I mean, the league average for, for teams um, across the board is around like 12.5%. So the fact that he's overperforming by, by that much is just is absolutely astonishing as well. And I think that also needs to be taken in the context of his performance last season as well, where he was running at a really high conversion rate, even naturally over a larger sample size of plus a thousand minutes where he was running at sort of 25% in terms of, of conversion rate and sort of a, I think he was one in two goals per game, uh, non-penalty goals as well. So we have got that opportunity there where if we can keep the likes of Joao fit for a considerable period of time, we've got a striker that potentially could carry on a, a vein of form. Um, obviously it's not going to, maintain at this level of, of overperformance. I mean, yeah, our conversion rate is double the average for most teams. We're running at 25% at the moment. That's inevitably going to drop to some degree. Um, I do have slight concerns over our, our shot creation, but I think that needs to be taken into the context of we're missing players, the likes of John Swift as well, one of the most creative players in the division on his day um, as well. So. But equally, that, that feeds into the system of, yeah, we may not be creating a hell of a lot, but that is offset by the fact that we're not going to lose games. And many teams haven't created or registered a high XG against us. I think it's only Blackburn and Cardiff so far that have registered above 0.7 expected goals against us. And in both those games, we went ahead. Uh, so really, we've got to take it into context with the, the game state um, as well. And I think that's something that's really underplayed and at the moment in terms of the importance of going ahead. The average for the average points per game when teams go ahead in the championship is, is 2.2 points compared to which is vastly higher than, than when you go behind. And at the moment we've gone ahead of, of seven of our eight games. The only game we haven't gone ahead in is the one where we drew. So at the moment, if we can continue picking up points or picking up that first goal, I think we've got that sort of level of solidity there in order for us to kind of keep a rich vein of form going. And at the moment, we're kind of building up a buffer anyway where we can afford to have a, a drop in, in form and return in, in points as well. I mean, we can sort of drop down to around probably 1.6 points per game. Uh, for the remainder of the season and being with a good shout of, of being in the playoffs come the end of the season, which if you'd offered me that at the start of the season, Paul, I would have bitten your hand off at. So at the moment, yeah, even with this much feared regression to the mean, there's still cause for optimism there um, as, as well. And I think, yeah, we've, there's reason to be cheery at the moment as a Reading fan. I mean, just we've had so much sort of, we haven't had much to shout about in recent years. So 
like we I, we were talking off air before the pod. Let's let's just enjoy it as well. Let's enjoy it. It's remarkable, isn't it, how well it's going at the moment? I mean, you just look at how we're playing and having all those stats that back it up. It kind of it makes me even more excited, Matt. I mean, I didn't know I could get any more excited. <laughs> I thought I'd reached the optimum level last night. But looking at the style of play and how that's adapted under Panovic, have you got any more insight on that? So I think one of the, the key things at the moment has been the, the pivot in midfield of Rinomota and Josh Laurent as well, who's come in in the summer. And I mean, he's been absolutely brilliant, hasn't he? I mean, those two in there they offer us something that we probably haven't had um, for the last few seasons in terms of our, our midfield partnerships, which is just mobility. And they're able to shut off passing lanes. Laurent and Rinomota, they, they, set, they sense danger as well. When, say, for example, if, if a defender gets dragged out, one of them's quite happy just to, to slot in into the defensive line as well. And they can both press. They're both aggressive out of possession as well. And if we look at that compared to sort of the, the midfield makeup that we might have had last season there, we had John Swift, who as much as his skill set is, it's more tailored to, to going the other way, really, isn't it? That's where his real ability lies. And he's one of the best players in the division going forwards, playing the other way. But you don't want him. He's not going to be ratting about in midfield, breaking things up, is he? And, and Pele as well. And... Um, very nice player on the ball, but equally he didn't have, doesn't have the mobility that these guys do in order to, to kind of shut off passing lanes in the same kind of the same volume they're able to do and with the same intensity to press press the opposition as well. And the other option behind that was previously Charlie Adam, who played around a thousand odd minutes. And now if we're looking at it with say Alpha Semedo coming in and replacing those minutes, again, you're looking at a far more mobile trio or a number of options in there. I mean, we've still got the opportunity to drop Swift in there into that um, deeper position against the, the teams where we might need to, to create a little bit more offensively and look to break teams down. But come back to the style of play is the, the main thing is the fact that we've kind of shut off that central area so much. And when we're looking, coming back to the XG, expected goals against, a lot of the shots are coming from outside the box, which is a massive factor as well. We're not giving up massive opportunities, glaring opportunities, and teams are being forced to play out wide. I mean, it's no surprise yesterday that both Blackburn's goals came from crosses into the box. And again, both of them were, were fantastic finishes. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of central solidity in that area of the pitch, forcing teams to play wide and then having the centre-halves with the ability to deal with those balls into the box. We've had Morrison and Moore. They're in the top 10 centre-halves at the moment within the division for aerial duels one within their box as well. So it's, it's the fact that we can deal with those crosses into the box at the moment. And then if those two were to, to be replaced, I mean, it's a 46-game season, isn't it? There's, there's bound to be rotations. We've got the likes of Lewis Gibson's come in, and also McIntyre as well, who's proved himself at this level um, as well. So it's, yeah, again, it's exciting, exciting stuff, and I think there's definitely positives to be to be taken there. Yeah, it's a huge amount of positives, isn't it? This is possibly the most positive month I've ever had whilst running this site, and all these stats are just kind yeah. of like 
it's incredible. But we thought we'd pick out a few individual players as well. I mean, you look at the whole team, they've all been brilliant. So it's not a reflection of their displays. But we're going to start with my favourite player in the team. That is Lucas Jow. I absolutely love this man. And all everything I see on him, even my eyes is amazing. But I'm sure the stats back it up as well. I was about to say, this guy is just... He's been a joke recently, hasn't he? He's been absolutely unplayable. Uh, I mean, yeah, we were talking about his goal from last night against Blackburn and the way he slowed the defender down and just slotted it past the goalkeeper. You kind of think that's a that's a guy in a rich vein of form there. And yeah, his ability to to hold up the ball really gives us a different different dynamic there in terms of the way we're able to play with a, a definite out ball and. When we are coming under pressure, we can potentially go a little bit longer. He's got that ability to, to drop in that little bit deeper as well and, and link the play. I mean, we're looking at his, his performance last season. Uh, for, one, for forwards, he's got really high number of deep completions, which is passes into the 20, uh, vicinity of 20 metres within the opposition goal. So he's able to pick up the ball and then play it into those dangerous areas as well. He doesn't necessarily have to be the one on the end of it. But we can see, we touched on it earlier with his conversion rate last season as well. If we can keep him fit, he's running at a goal every other game, high conversion rate. If we can keep, he's not even taking a massive amount of shots there um, either. So really if we can kind of keep him at that level of, of conversion, uh, it's, it's frightening what we could, we, could, we could have on our hands there. If we can get him fit for, say, 2,000-plus minutes, and again, the replacement to come in is, is George Puskas, and that's not a bad replacement to have at this level. It's, it's remarkable, isn't it, when you're just looking, listening to that and kind of thinking the depth of the squad that we're going to have soon with obviously what you've mentioned, John Swift coming back, Yidden coming back. I know Estevez has been absolutely fantastic since he's come in for his couple of games. But another player on the opposite side of the pitch of that defence is Omar Richards. Ah, uh, Wow, his feet are just so quick and <laughs> he has been amazing so far. He's been absolutely brilliant, hasn't he? And I think he's been a real factor in the way we've been able to play, like you say, his feet his ability to, to be able to use him under pressure and know that he's going to get out of play. And we've been seeing, I know it's only a small sample size of eight games at the moment, but the fact that he's having so many touches of the ball, he's seeing a lot more of the ball than he was last season. And also in the way that the players that he's linking with, he's feeding uh, the front, the trio behind that central striker as well. Um, yeah, he's proving a real, real, asset going forwards but also also his defensive numbers have really improved from last season and he seems to be really maturing off the ball as well in that in that defensive phase as well um we're looking at sort of defensive jewels one at the moment he's shown about a 15 percent increase in his performance there as well and kind of if we can keep that going over the course of the season there's again real cause for for being optimistic and I mean I've seen the the rumours in the papers that five or six Premier League clubs are, are looking at him and I mean I, I can see why at the moment but having that outlet both on the left with 
Omar Richards, and like you touched upon there, with having Estevez, the ability to play under pressure, act, it acts as an outlet. It's able, they're both able to break lines via dribbles um, as well. And then you think, okay, we've got Andy Yeardon to come back as well. And we know he'll bomb up and down all day, happy to come inside and, and create and link there as well. And he's got that ability to, to beat players with a dribble. So having that on both sides means that we're not forced into playing predominantly whacked down one side and teams then having the ability to kind of funnel us down the other, other side as well. So having that versatility and ability within the fullbacks is... It's fantastic. Yeah. It is remarkable, isn't it, how he's transformed the whole team so quickly in such a, just a massively small period of time and coming in so shortly before yeah. the start of the season. But we've also got another player who's 18 as well, just like Estevez, who's our own player, and that is Mr. Michael Alise. Um, yeah, <laughs> he is now fulfilling a... I think a fraction of his talent. I think there's even more to come. But his goal last night, that was a sign of a player who's getting confidence and relaxing in the championship environment. Yeah, I think if you look at him, his performances alone, you think, wow, that is a real standout performer. And then you put it into the context of the boys 18. It's, it's absolutely crazy how, how, what his ceiling could potentially be. And I, I mean... Long may it continue in a Reading shirt. I, I wonder whether he's going to be too good for us uh, come, a, come a certain point. I don't want to put it down. That's almost a doubt on, on how things are going at the moment. But yeah, I mean, he showed last year that he's, for a teenager as well, more than willing to get on the ball. He's brave on the ball. He's always looking for it, regardless of what the outcome from the previous pass may have been. He's always happy to get on the ball, willing to receive it. And maybe the only question mark last year was, is there enough end product? But I think this season we're seeing slightly more end product there. We've already seen him get a couple of goals this season. His expected assists uh, per 90 is up from last season as well. Um, so yeah, there's, he's only going to get better as well. And I think one of the things that's overlooked is his willingness to, to put in the hard yards off the ball as well. He's a player that's, that's willing to, to really kind of track back and he adds that sense of dynamism as well and I mean the way he gets on the ball he kind of glides with it as well doesn't he it's kind of it's it's amazing to watch you this this kid kind of glide through teams after he's he's got that ability to track back pick it up and just go past players and then yeah sky's the limit for the boy isn't it it's it's one of those where you just let's appreciate him while we've got him and totally he a totally different player but he gives me the same kind of levels of enjoyment and possibilities as Gilfie Sigerson. I think he's got... I didn't want to jinx it there, Paul. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to go in with it. I'm going to go in with it. <laughs> but you, you just look at him and you think he's got that little bit of arrogance and swagger, but in a good way. Yes. I don't mean like disrespectful. I mean, he believes in his talent and now yes. it's to come together. And he's played yeah. at a range than even Gilfie. Yeah, I mean... The fact that he's got so many minutes under his belt for such a young age as well shows that the managers have entrusted him as well. And the talent is, is definitely there. And yeah, I mean, if he reaches the, the levels that Gilfie has, I mean, it's another win for the academy, isn't it? It's a, 
Yes, it's just a win for our bank balance as well, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be a big, big deal. I was about to say, it's going to be a big bid, surely, that prizes him away from us if we can, can get one. Keep oh, holding. We'll see. But if we get 150th year, Matt, in the Premier League, everything changes, isn't it? Fingers crossed. That's what dreams are made of, isn't it, Paul? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just one last play. I think we should do Josh Lawrence and the impact that he's had on the team since signing from Shrewsbury Town last season. He's come in. I think he does so much of the kind of traditional dirty work, as in like that. But he's got a lot more to his game than that, hasn't he? Yeah, it's like you say, it's the it's the traditional dirty work that he does. It's the it's the off the ball stuff, like I mentioned earlier, where he's willing to drop in and sacrifice himself and drop into that defensive line. But then equally, he's got that mobility where he can when wins the ball back and drives forwards, and you can. A real asset in transition as well. Having that ability to, to turn defence into attack via a carry. I mean, it, for a while, it was a bit of a gap in this team. In As much as we had lovely ball player midfielders at the time, Danny Williams leaving, there was always the, oh, can we replace Danny Williams and his ability to, to carry the ball forwards? I mean, yeah, for a period of time, we had it with Bakuna as well. And now we've like I say, yeah, we've got that with with Laurent, that ability to, to to carry the ball forwards, and him paired with with Rinomota at the moment seems like a a match made in heaven with the system that we're we're looking to play as well. But it comes back to the point I touched upon earlier: the fact that he's added so much mobility and dynamism to that midfield, which at times in previous seasons has looked a bit one-paced and sluggish. And um, so, yeah. It's, it's really like, again, it's, it's really promising. I mean, we touched upon it earlier off, off air in terms of it's been great because we've, we've been going ahead in games and yeah, we've stood up to the test of, of having to, to defend and we've, we've passed that test against good sides as well, like Blackburn. We've done that. We conceded very few chances against Watford as well. What I, I'm interested in is how the likes of Laurent and Rinomota, for example, are able to, to stand up um, in games where we perhaps have to chase them slightly more and we come under perhaps a little bit more pressure. I think it was interesting in the game against Barnsley where when Struber was still in charge and notoriously well-known for that high-pressing system and perhaps we didn't play out as well as possible through that kind of double pivot there. Um, so that's just something I think we need to... We'll, I mean, we'll see how it goes in terms of Laurent and uh, Rinomota in there. I mean, they've both got the ability to, to come deep and play on the ball uh, as well. But I don't think many teams are going to press like Barnsley do in this division. I mean, they were a freak outlier in that aspect. But yeah, there's definitely more to his game than just the, the defensive dirty work that we've touched upon there. And I mean, he seems to be growing in confidence as well. I mean... Again, if we just kind of build up these partnerships within the team and, yeah, as confidence grows throughout the season, hopefully we'll see these, these players flourish. But it's great to see him having hit the ground running, coming into a new club and he looks at home, he's got his feet under the table and he's, yeah, we're flying at the moment. He's, I mean, what, you can't really make a case to take him out of the team, can you? It's, no, it's all. He's got that shirt. Yeah. I was about to say he's got that shirt and he's, he's in the starting 11 for the foreseeable at the moment. It's his... It's his to lose. So yeah, you can't change that team. 
Uh, it doesn't matter if Yadam's fit, it doesn't matter if Swift's fit, they're not coming back in at the moment, which That's is a luxurious position for us to be in, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, absolutely it's, beautiful. It's absolutely ridiculous to be in, in that position at the moment where we're able to sit here and go, well, okay, we've got one of the, the better players in the league in their respective positions and go, are we, are we sure we're going to put them straight in here? Because, I mean, the guys, are they've got to earn the right to, to win your shirt back effectively, haven't you? So it's, yeah. Competition is healthy. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, uh, we will be back with the podcast uh, next week. And uh, hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it, definitely. And hopefully we'll be back doing more with Matt in the future. So cheers and have a good weekend. Thanks. <laughs>